G'day community, welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lek Dog, and I'm joined by the vivacious, the ever-ready, and the very talented Patch. How are you? I, I'm alright, Lek Dog. I know what most of those words mean. Um, disagree with some of them. Vivacious, not quite sure what it means. Not quite sure if I agree with it, but we will I don't know. I, you know what? While we say thanks to Telebeats, I'm just going to Google vivacious, because it might be a, like a... Like a like a naughty thing. If 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 it means a big old idiot that smells like a butt, then I'm definitely that because oh boy, <laughs> have I made some very big mistakes that have kind of uh, yeah reared their head this week. Um, Attractively lively and animated, typically used of a woman. I'll ta- you know what I'll take it, Lek. I will take it. Um, vivacious son of a gun. I my I am indeed a vivacious son of a gun and. Goodness me, there are some guns missing this week because it's the bad week. And guess who kind of forgot to plan for the buys? They got you to the actively downs. didn't plan for the buys. I heard you on the mail bag. I listened to all the content. You said I'm forgetting about round fourteen, and now here we are. I How, what's the situation for you? No, is the situation. <laughs> the situation is just no. It's uh. So we, we look at my forward line. This is all before trades. Uh, four players with the bye and Dane Zorko. Um, the ruck line, we have Ned Reeves, broken his ankle, snapped his foot off, will never walk again for all we know. Uh, Brody Grundy doesn't have a neck anymore and Max Gorn has the bye. Uh, midfield, a little bit better. Oliver, Laird, Burns, only three missing. Backline, the starting six from this week, all have the bye. Harry Sharp is on the bench. Jordan Ridley is my only playing defender. Help. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Help. That's um, an interesting scenario you find yourself in. I would like to say that my team is chock full of Richmond and West Coast players, and that's the reason why I'm in this predicament. But is I'm that- either gonna I'm not gonna confirm or deny <laughs> that that's the case to leave some level of ambiguity around my irresponsible trading in weeks from like, oh, that player's cheap. I should get them. Oh, that player's cheap. I'll, I'll deal with the buyers next week. I'll deal with buy players next week. I'll deal with, oh, it's the buyers. Oh, um, hopefully you're looking a bit better. Are you looking more vivacious than I am this week? Yeah, well, I I, I stopped for the first time in about 10 weeks. I, I didn't lose rank this week, so that's good. I've, I've currently got 15 players plus Ned Reeves plus Dane Zorko. Oh. And I would love an update on Brody Grundy's injury because trading him out might have to become an option if Ned Reeves does not play. We'll address that later on. Actually, you know what? Let's address it now. So I feel like this is information that I had in the back of my head, like, you know, when I was good at fantasy sports in high school 15 years ago when I was playing Real Dream Team, that if you if you traded the same player, if you traded Jordan Ridley for Jaden Short, and you then went, oh, I'm going to trade Jaden Short for Jordan Ridley. It undid the trade. I feel and, like, And you got the trade back. And you got the trade back. I feel like that is information that is in my cortex somewhere. But I did not remember it or know about it this week. And, and it came up because Ned Reeves 
was a laid out. A lot of people traded him in. And effectively, what was happening, people were making three trades, including with Ned Reeves. He was a laid out, so everyone then did the exact same three trades, the player-for-player player swap. You get all your trades back. It's kind of news to a lot of people. I know Dr. Supercoach Patreons and stuff all know about that because they're far better <laughs> at knowing things than we are. They're than we are. They're much smarter. But it's an interesting uh, It's an interesting thing that that's now in the zeitgeist and, and people are aware of it. So, so to take us from, from absolute scratch, like for, for somebody who's listening going, well, I, someone like me who's going, I, what? I don't understand that. You've gone too fast and suddenly everyone's getting their trades back. Right. So oh. say, say I've traded Matt Flynn to Ned Reeves on Thursday night and then it's been locked out and then Ned Reeves is suddenly not playing Friday night. If you trade... Ned Reeves for Matt Flynn, and I believe they have to have not played uh, to do the trade. You, the trade will get undone. You'll get that trade back into above your team where there's one crossed out. You'll have that trade back. The, everything will be reset to the way it was if the teams haven't played. It's only works if you have one trade remaining because you have to be able to hit trade to prompt the trade window. So that's how people knew. People planned for three trades. They were given a fourth. They did their three trades. Then they're like, oh, shit, he's all laid out. I'm going to use the fourth trade. So it only works in a regular round if you do a one-player-for-one-player trade. And then do that one player back. Yeah. Do you you still lose? So you do that. Say you've got the one trade left. You go Ned Reeves to Matt Flynn, uses that trade, that fourth trade. Do you get then once you've done that trade again, you've got two trades because it undoes the trade you just did and it undoes the trade you did earlier? I, I Now we're getting into confusing territory. It just undoes the trade you've done. You have to do the exact trade and they have to have not played. I don't know. It, you would have to do it twice in your scenario and all the players would have had to have not played. We're really confusing people. The moral of the story is this will almost never come up. Maybe like it's come up once or twice where it's a popular tra- rookie has been a laid out. And I've been playing for, you know, literally since high school, which I graduated like 11 years ago and I was playing for years before that. It doesn't come up real often. People are mad about it. Don't take it out on the people that are working for the game. Like... It's just a, a loophole that's there that's almost never come up. It's now come up. People are mad. Get over it, basically. It, you it now know fine. that it exists and you will be able to use it. We might even post a GIF or a video of how to do it in the future were it to happen again. Hypothetically, of course, were it to happen again. Now that that's out of the road, shall we talk about things we do know slightly more about, being players and the teams they play for and the imaginary points they score while doing so? Yeah, we're going to... Of course, it's you and me, Patch, so this one isn't as planned. I just came off the live Blue Abroad show. Go and check out Blue Abroad on YouTube to see me and Terry do a mid-season review of Carlton if you're interested. Can can we get a a, a TLDR for those of us that won't have the time to sit through a mid-season review of Carlton? Uh, We bad, Walsh good. Fair. Love it. Love that for you. So I've had been without power for the last, uh, you know, since Wednesday through to yesterday. Time of recording is Monday, 8.30. Haven't heard any crazy news out of the AFL world so far. So I'm going to lean heavily on you, but we're just, the, the majority of this podcast shouldn't rely on footy that happened this week because we're looking at the teams that have 
had the buy this week. And we're going to start patch. We're going to start with Brisbane. We're going to look at trade-in targets to get to people, to get people to 18 players this week and hopefully finishing their teams for the rest of the season. Before we do, just very, very quickly, say you, you, you've you got 14 and you'd have to break a few eggs to make your, your best 18 omelette this week. Is it worth moving heaven and earth to get to 18 this week or are you better off instead of trading, you know, sideways trading a, a Clayton Oliver um, to a Lockie Neal, are you better to to just hold on to Oliver, hold on to that trade and and play with one less this week? Yeah, I wouldn't be trading out any any Uber premiums to get your teams to 18. I think I, I basically look at position 17 and 18. I guess people are better planned than I am with the buyers, but 17 and 18 as a rookie player. So I wouldn't be trading heaven and earth to bring in an 18th player if it breaks my plans and I have to trade my Uber premiums. Sideways trading, or maybe someone who's underperforming slightly, I can understand. But for the most part, don't ruin your whole team just to get to 18 this week if you're playing for rank. If you need to ruin your team to win your leagues, by all means, ruin that team. Let's beat our oppositions. We hate them. Yeah, we do. Just like we hate ourselves for not planning for the buys. Right, Brisbane. Um, Backline, there's only one person to talk about. Do you want to talk about him and his luscious hair and his goat-like legs that kick the yeah. ball six metres? <laughs> yeah, and we're not talking about Harris Andrews. We're talking about Daniel the Goat Rich, $527,800. He has a break-even of 130 So you're going to probably bring him in at a bit of a cash loss this week. But at this point in the season, does it really matter? He's averaging 104.6 for the year. The rules were made for him. He's the sixth-ranked defender this year. He's got a three-round average of 100 and a five-round average of 106. Look, you pretty much know what you're going to get. He's going to get a lot of keys. He's going to get a lot of marks. He's going to score about 100 points for you if you bring him in. He's only in 5.1% of teams. And look, I love this man. I love this man. I love this man, Patch. That's fair. That's all she wrote. Harris Andrews, 485K would be the other name you'd consider. Three-round average of 101. Um, You'd probably rather reach. There might be a few others around that price as well that you'd take ahead of him. He has had a very good year, by the way, Harris Andrews. He always Uh, does. Barron bought him in about five weeks ago, and since then he's averaged like, like, what is he, averaged 96, which is a really decent effort. So if you're looking for a cheaper option from Brisbane, He's up there. Aaron Von Crow and Harris Andrews name a more iconic duo. <laughs> I will wait. I will wait indeed. Midfield, there's a bit more on offer. Top of the list, Jared Lyons averaging 119.6 for the season. $613,000 dues. For somebody averaging that, that's that's kind of a bargain. Oh, he's just he's, his price has only gone up nine grand this year. He's just playing. <laughs> it's very rare for it in Supercoach. He's just playing to what he's worth. He is so good. Break even of one fifty eight. So you are going to lose a little bit of cash, presumably because of an eighty two a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, he's only had one score below a hundred, and it was in round eleven. He scored eighty two. Every other score has been. At least a hundred patch with yeah. a few one forties, one thirties. Since round seven, one twenty two, one forty five, one thirty eight, one twenty nine. That eighty two, one twenty eight. Yeah, they're big numbers. Go, the the only downside to picking a Jared Lyons is that he costs over six hundred thousand dollars. And I have been, and this is why my team is bad. I have been big on not picking these players at maximum price. 
because in a year with injuries and COVID and paying premium price doesn't seem like a great investment. But in this instance, if you can get him, get him. Get him. Agreed. Um, the other one in the midfield, the big name, less than 600K now, which is a bargain for what he can produce. Lockie Neal, $575,000. He's only played the seven games so far this year because he's been battling that injury that Brisbane insisted he didn't have, and then suddenly he missed five weeks with it. Um, but anyway, he's, he's had the 84 in his one game back against Melbourne, then had another week off. Um, is he somebody you'd look at bringing in this week? With a break even of 165 patch, this is actually one guy where even if it meant finishing off my team, whatever, I'd actually wait a week, maybe two on Lockie Neal. 575k break even of 165. If he scores 100 odd, he's going to lose another 25 grand. But he's only turned up once. It was against Essendon. I'm just not totally confident yet. I'm not totally confident yet does play North Melbourne this week as well, which normally you'd think, you know, Josh Kelly-esque, 150s on the way, but do they just kind of play him forward and, and give him a bit of bit of time in the middle and a bit of time elsewhere just to get the match fitness up? I mean, I wouldn't. He, he averages 111 against North. I guess that's one tick for him. I'd, I'd just play him in the guts and let him feast on the, the innards of Tom Powell and, and whatnot, but... Uh, I regardless, I don't think he's going to score 165 this week, and I don't want to pay 575 grand for him until I see one more ton. That's fair. That is fair. Are there any midfielders from the Lions outside of those two you'd be looking at, like a Hugh McCluggage, perhaps 550k, 105 average for the season? Yeah, look, another another guy. Break even 171 projected to drop another 35 grand this week. Uh, I once again apologies to the person I told he was a bad trade in option in round four when he averaged uh, about 150 for six weeks after that. Yep. Another guy that this this came up last week in the podcast a lot. Patch these guys who are priced between 500 and 600. It's really easy to justify going someone who's cheaper than 500 and probably getting the same, if not similar, performance out of them or going someone over 600K and guaranteeing that higher performance. This 550K, 570K, it's a it's a tricky business to find the right guy. And, and I think these two are examples where they're going to lose too much cash for it to, for it to be worth it for me. Hmm. McCluggage one I'm kind of worried about as well. I haven't watched a lot of Brisbane games. This might be me, you know, correlation not equaling causation but the of the five games he's had below 100 this year four have been games that Lockie Neal is playing in and that that just concerns me the first three rounds scored 68 86 88 and then with uh, Melbourne last match when Neal returned he scored the 87 again I, I haven't watched a lot of Brisbane games but that does worry me just a little bit yeah, I think uh, there's other players to come back in as well if they can find room. Reese Matheson had about 700 touches in the VFL. Barometer. Uh, Cockatoo is playing VFL again. So th- there's a couple of players. I think I think outside of Lions, I'm avoiding all these players. And we should mention, obviously, if you don't know, uh, Dane Zorko is suspended this week. So Yes, yes. If you're about- a Dane Zorko owner, are you trading him? I'm holding. I, I want to trade because, oh, well, one, it would help paper over the cracks of my own incompetence, and two, I'm really annoyed at him for getting suspended against North Melbourne where he could have scored 200, but you don't, you don't trade him. Like, you, yeah, you, I, don't, you don't trade him. I think you hold him, particularly if you've still got him at this point. You're not going to trade him. No, if exactly. the, the opportunity was to trade him last year. 
let's look at the ruck on the forward line. I don't think we've got anyone to mention in the ruck. Maybe people will convince themselves into trading a Tom Fulton if he gets named, but let's look to the forwards patch. The forward line, as always, is a is a, a dearth of options. Yes. And it really is again. Um, yep, yeah, it sucks. It's bad. Um, Zach Bailey would be about the only one I'd consider. Um, God, I, I love Zach him. Bailey. <laughs> excellent footballer. Not sure if he's quite there for Supercoach yet. Um, the rest of these names are just a paragon of just, uh, um, because you got Joe Danaher, Lincoln McCarthy, Devin Robertson, Daniel McStay, Charlie Cameron, Reese, Beath, Beast Mode, Matheson. No, no, no I'm, I'm not. really upset that Joe Danaher has been a successful Supercoach pick this year. I know. It hurts my soul on several levels. Several levels. That's more than the normal number of levels that I get hurt when a player plays well and I haven't picked them. So I think for Brisbane, summary is Lions rich or bust, I think, this week. Yep. Obviously, people are going to talk themselves into the those ex- those expensive midfielders, but I'm a wait. Let's yep. move to the Blues. Let's move to the Blues indeed. Um, Sam Walsh, you've said Sam Walsh good, Carlton bad. Is that the same here? Is Sam Walsh the only option we should be considering in Navy Blue? Now, there's other options we can look at. Sam Walsh is number one. This is a guy, so this is, I'm going to be a hypocrite. This is a guy that is in that awkward 550 price range, but that's kind of due to, like, like his low score has been an 89 this year, and he's had scores of 144, 130, 130. Breakeven is 122 this week. I think he's going to get around 120 this week. He is at his price. In the same way that Lyons is at his price, Sam Walsh is at his price. He's averaging a bit less. I think you're going to get what you pay for. Except maybe not this week and maybe not in round 23 because he comes up against the Giants. Does he get DeBoard? Matt DeBoer is back. Is Walsh tangible? I don't know. Teams have certainly run with him before and he's still able to, to put together like high possession totals. I don't know if they impact his efficiency. Uh, DeBoer's not a reason I'm avoiding trading in Sam Walsh. I just, I don't, I, I don't believe in fearing the tag. Sam Walsh is God. Here we go. It finally comes out now. Paddy Cripps, if no. we're talking midfielders. We spoke about this last time. No, no, mm, uh. He did score a 133 after we spoke, but then an 81 against yes, West Coast. and then an 81 against yeah. West Coast, which so, will be more often than not what... If, if you're desperate for. for a cheap 400k, 460k player, uh, you can, can talk yourself into the upside. Raheem's only 67, but I'm not encouraging people to trade him in. Maybe if he speaks to me uh, through the power of the footy gods, we'll discuss him again. Maybe, perchance, perhaps. Um, is it a case of we can look? You said we can look at other players from Sam Walsh. Is it look but don't touch? Because I'm not seeing a huge amount here that I like. There are names that are kind of like sparkly on paper. You've got your, your Zach Williams, your Sam Doherty's, your Nick Newman's running around um, in that defensive price range. Actually, Nick Newman is injured. Ignore yeah, his that. head exploded the other day. Um, um, Sam like, Doherty is one. So this this season, he's averaging 101 for the year. His last three, only 86. But we saw against West Coast, he played up on the wing again, got another 94, 67 against Sydney. So Newman comes out, Plowman comes back in, maybe Luke Parks comes back in. I think 
Doc is going to continue playing that wing role and floating back when it's required. I think he's a reasonable, reasonably safe pick for someone who's going to average 100 from here on out for the rest of the year. He is he does have a break in 143. He is over 500,000. He's not super value in a in a line in defense that has heaps of value. That's fair. That's that's fair. I'll pay that. Um yeah, I'm looking through the rest of this aside from maybe if Brody Kemp gets a game which, you know, would be a month away at most. I don't think there are too many other players on this list that I'm interested in. Is have you got a roughie that you've you've picked out of the out of the blue? No, I look. People are going to talk about out of the blue, like out of the oh, blue. Sorry, sorry I, hey. I just let that one wash over me. Hey. Oh, you know, I'm not letting you just let that go through to the keeper. I honestly don't know what the Blues are going to do at the selection table this week. People are going to talk themselves into picking Paddy Dow, despite the fact that he only scored about twelve point seventy-one points against West Coast. People are going to talk themselves into trading him in just as a warm body. I don't love it. I don't like it at all. There's going to Lockie O'Brien might play, Sam uh, Josh Honey might play, but I think we can probably leave most of these guys alone. Agreed. Would you trade in Paddy Dow just to have a warm body? Uh, no, I mean he's shown several times this year that he's only a warm body by technicality. He's never like, had more than twenty five touches in a game. Like, I mean, twenty five touches is a lot to be fair, but also like. He's at risk of falling out of my best eighteen, and I've only got fourteen. <laughs> he might be negative. <laughs> like, did your he, negative score get counted in your best eighteen? I wonder. I I hope to God I never find out. <laughs> right, let's look at Essendon. Let's start in their backline with uh, the man that that I mean, you've told me you're in love with Jordan Ridley. Mm, I mean, I'm in love with lots of names on this list. Um, but yeah, Jordan Ridley's one of them. Hasn't been great in the last kind of five or six weeks uh, since he came back from that concussion. Uh, Mason Red Dog Redman has taken a lot of his kickouts and kickouts are, are points for Rid- for the Riddler. Um, so I can't really recommend him until he's, he's scoring rebounds. He hasn't, he's had just the two tons since round five. Um, so he obviously had that injury affected 31. Then he came back after Anzac Day, 87, 88, 105, 105, 64, 80. Uh, he's got a kind of attractive price of 461K. I don't know if I'd be jumping on at that price. Break even 133, likely to drop in price. The thing about the, Rid- the Riddler is he's been scoring well this year against shit teams, with the exception of Port Adelaide. He scored well. He's turned up against Hawthorne. Port Adelaide, St. Kilda, Sydney. I mean, they're not shit, but um, inexperienced. 87 against the Blues, turned up against Fremantle, turned up against North, struggled against West Coast and Richmond. He's got Hawthorne this week. Um, no, he, does he? Yep. He's yes, played he Hawthorne twice already. Yeah. Fixture's weird. That Fixture's is real weird. weird. So if you. 17 round season and everyone plays everyone once, but that's none of my business. He might struggle against Melbourne and Geelong in in the the following weeks, but if you're trying to get players on the field, I, I still like him as a primo this round in round fourteen. From here on out, Patch, what do, what do you see him averaging? I don't know. It depends because his role has changed as much as him beating up on smaller teams. He's he's played a bit more of a lockdown role, been a bit more accountable as opposed to that floating third defender. As you get your sort of Redman and. Um, Redmond and Francis has been doing it a little bit, and Hines has been getting a lot of the ball and been used a lot out of the back line. He's just not not getting as much or being as dangerous with it, and I don't 
I don't know, I think he averages, you know, 90 would be reasonably safe from here on out, but I don't see it jumping. Yeah. That's not enough. More than that. Not if enough. I think he's money. only going to be averaging 90. It's not enough for not coaches at, to not consider. Not at 460K. Um, I'd no. rather you pick Harris Andrews at that price. Yeah. He's going He's going the opposite way as well in terms of his price. So Agreed. Okay. Well, that's disappointing because he's in my team. Let's move forward to the midfield. Darcy Parrish. Darcy yeah. Parrish time. Darcy Parrish, Parrish, Parrish. Bring him in. I'll let you do talk it. about him. Just do it. Bring him in. That's. I'm done. I'm finished talking about him. Bring him in. He's good. God, excellent. Brownlow favourite. Can people spend $658,700 on Darcy Parrish? I, I can't. I can't afford that price tag. And honestly, it's tearing me up inside. Um, at, least you've, at least you've got him in a keeper league. Oh, wait, you're involved with a trade that saw him come to me. I didn't give him up, though. So, I I mean, I didn't lose. I just lose want to keep bringing it up that someone traded him to me. Yes. Somebody with a rebuilding team traded him to you. But anyway, that's not here even. or there. <laughs> Break even is 93, and they've given him a 94% chance of hitting that projected to score 120. He's coming Look, off a 166. Who's doing that? What Three round average, is? 151. Five round average, 140. Season average, 118. Uh, seventh ranked midfielder. The man is is playing like a very good footballer. Lowest score since round five is 107. <laughs> Every other score has been like 130 plus. Yep. Uh, has wait has Hawthorne this week? Has oh. Hawthorne this week? Oh. Yep. Um, yeah, isn't going to bump into a tagger until Mark O'Connor, and I don't think tags are going to really slow him down. Anyways, getting them all kind of first touch, first use, and and then just I bring him in if you've got the cash. If you you're not pressed up for trades. I'd be he'd be the first option I'd be looking at this week. The second option I'd be looking at this week is Zach Merritt, who's a 100k cheaper, averaging the 111, so he's 560k, three round average of 124, extraordinarily good at football, and oh boy, do I also love this man. Yeah, look, I think he's a, another great option. The difference between him at 563K and one of the Brisbane players at 560K is that his break even is 82. His price is going up, and he seems to be finding some really, really solid form. Three-round average of 124, five-round average of 114. He's planning to increase his uh, contract. He's out of contract this year. I assume he's going to stay with your boys as much as I give you shit about him. But I he's playing... So to get all of the money before Parrish can get it. So 137 against Richmond in the last game they played and a reasonably easy run for the rest of the year. Nothing too stringent there. Melbourne, Melbourne, Geelong, annoying. Adelaide, North, GWS, Sydney, they're all games he can play pretty well in. Bulldogs, Gold Coast and Collingwood to finish things out. I see no reason to bring someone like Zach Merritt in. I mean, no reason not to bring someone to like Zach Meredith. I was about to say, um, yeah, no, he's he's absolutely someone everyone should be looking to bring in this week um, if you can. And if you can't, make it so you can. Um, Are we fearful of the Dylan Shield returning hurting either of these guys? No, nah, nah. Fair enough. That's nah. enough for me. Your um, man. I mean, Another so, man you love. We, we should be um, because Essendon have a habit of, being like, well, Darcy Parrish is a forward pocket, but I think he's now proven that you cannot do that. Um, and honestly, if I was Parrish, I'd be looking around elsewhere if Dylan Shield comes back and 
instantly kicks you out of the midfield. Um, but Dillashaw no, jumping- just ain't that good. Darcy Parish way better than Dylan Agreed. Shield. Agreed. Play Dylan Shield on the half forward flank and watch him kind of blaze away from 60 and kick it out in the full. But anyway, um, speaking of forward lines, um, the player who it might, who uh, Shield coming back might impact is Kyle Lankford. However, I think Kyle Lankford is positively impacted by Andy McGrath going down for pretty much the rest of the season. Um, Kyle Lankford's at 474 player, mid-forward eligible. Last three rounds, 101, 125, 126, become effectively a centre-bounce player, including stints in the ruck, which is weird, was rucking against Nick Nat a few weeks ago, which... The disrespect, but also that center bounce attendances, that's possessions, tackles, etc. That's points, baby. Someone I'm he's not in great at rucking, but but he is no, in there. It's, it's real JRL energies, uh, <laughs> to be honest. But I I'm looking to bring him in this week. I think the the role is there in the midfield for him. He's he's coming into his own finally after a long wait for Essendon fans. Yes, me too. Yes, the for, the the forward line eligibility just makes him a tasty prospect. Uh, Breaking is 33. He's going to jump by about 30K if he scores 100 this week. I think he's a, a really tasty option. I know he's going to be a popular trade-in for, for Supercoach Twitter, and hopefully that translates across the, the park because I think he's going to be a good buy option. He's capable, look, he's capable of pumping out low scores, but I think on the whole, for the next 10 rounds or however long we have left of this season, if he's pumping out 85, 90 in your forward line, you're not going to be unhappy. No, not at all. 1.4% of teams as well, but we'll say that about 20k cheaper in the forward line. Already had his buy as well. Toby Green, 450k, scored 103 on the weekend. Would probably be taking him ahead, would probably be taking Green ahead of Lankford in that position, but I still think Lankford's an excellent selection and literally the only forward anyone should be picking from the Bombers because, dear God, is it just the super coach death zone Tom Stewart, Jake Stringer, Peter Wright. No, thank you. To, no, don't pick any, any of the rest of the forwards. Merit mm. in looking mm. at Dyson Heppel, who's playing off halfback, has been scoring well. Fantasy Freako loves him. Last five games 85, 91, 101, 134, 88, 487K. So he's more expensive than Kyle Langford. Is there any scenario where you bring him in as an M8, M9? Option. Um, M8, M9 option. If you, you're going to be swinging in with someone else, then you could do worse. But I feel like you'd be looking for someone a bit cheaper than just under 500K. 107 three-round average is quite tasty. Um, playing a good role off that half-back line. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Yeah, I feel like if you were gonna, if you wanted him, it was when it was going to be the start of the year. Uh, it sounds like Alec Waterman is... Gonna play this weekend? We need I, him to. I don't know why he wouldn't. We need him to. <laughs> um, Is Ned Carl gonna ever play? Uh, probably not. Not in a hurry. Um, hmm. Not in a hurry. Sam Draper should be back this week. Three hundred and seventy-eight k. I wouldn't be going there until we see some form turn around. Um, wouldn't be looking to be like, oh, I got rid of Brady Grundy. Let's replace him with Sam Draper. Um, not. Why not- would Draper come back when Andrew Phillips? Scored 97 supercoach points against Richmond, 25 hitouts, a goal. He was a man possessed. He was very good. Somehow also playing fullback, just He's incredibly. Unbelievable. Um, 
It's like he's in two places at once. He's in two places at once. It's incredible. Um, yeah, Andrew Francis. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, no, and Andrew uh, Aaron Phillips. Sorry, yeah, no, I I wouldn't be wouldn't be picking an Essendon ruck. Fair, fair enough. Let's uh, let's look at the Western Bulldogs who are coming off their bye as well, and they've got a lot of fantasy relevant players just to a look few. at. Just a few. We'll start in defense, as is tradition. The, the first person we're going to talk about is obviously Caleb Daniel. There's actually, there's actually some some interesting, another interesting player. But let's look at Caleb Daniel. Four hundred seventy four thousand nine hundred dollars. He's lost seventy grand this year. Breaking is one twenty five. I devoured him as a premium and said he was a spud. I did a whole podcast basically um, calling him a dwarf. I don't take that back. But I will say he's been a lot better since then, and maybe I acted rashly. No, you acting rat? No, no, I no, I never, never. Um, did score ninety nine on the weekend? Uh, not the weekend. The weekend before this weekend, uh, playing in the centre square. Uh, Bevo like, Salad. Where Bevo do you want Salad. him to play? He'll I, play there. Yeah. Where do you want him to play? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. I, I, does the role last? I don't know. D- does he keep like getting center bounce attendances and lots of possessions? I don't know. Does he ever go back to the halfback flank? I don't know. Has Bailey Dale like got, like got, um, indecent images of him that he's holding over his head? I don't know. I don't know. I, I <laughs> don't know what to tell you. Look, since that suspension, 78. 117, 100, 120, 105, 61, 99. They are good scores. He's going to give you more likely than not scores of 100. And as much as it hurts me, he's a good trading option. He's going to lose cash, but he's below 500K. So I think it's an investment worth making for coaches out there who haven't completed their back line. Agreed. Hayden Crozier, just flagging that he's a player that exists. Thank you. 406,000 recent scores of 94 and 118. Not amazing. Just saying he's had two good games in a row. If you were going to throw it at the stumps, maybe if, maybe a free agency waiver wire pickup more than a Supercoach Classic pickup. But just just pointing him out there that he seems to be benefiting from uh, Bevo Salad taking Caleb Daniel away from him. Sure. Uh, midfield. Where midfield. do you start? Oh, I honestly don't know where you start. Um if you don't have Jack McRae or Marcus Bontempelli, you're paying top dollar for them. $656,000 for McRae, $681,000 for Bontempelli, but they're averaging 128 and 126 respectively. Uh, in their last three, they're averaging 141 and 144 respectively. Is there any reason why you wouldn't be bringing them in immediately? Jack McRae is the, 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 the preferred candidate. He has not uh, uh, dropped below 100 this year. His lowest score is 106. He's very good at football, and he's cheaper than the Bont somehow. $656,000, break even of 120. He's in 50% of teams. We probably don't need to talk about him too much, but the Bont, I'm never going to not start him again. $681,600, break even is 135. Projected score this week is 137. Champion data, love him. He gets points just for showing up. 149 against Fremantle. The man is, I mean, Patch, I hate to say, bring out one of our catchphrases, but he's good at football. He is rather good at football, if I may, if I dare say. Uh, Since round eight, 
scored 155, 128, 159, 125, 149. I'm not a doctor, but they're big numbers. They is big numbers. Um, getting down towards the smaller numbers, Tom Libertore uh, is in that weird 550-ish K price bracket, averaging 101, three-round average 108. Been very good at football. Not sure he's fantasy relevant for us. Um, too much of a roller coaster. Too, he's a, he's a, a, a score out of the park, score a shit score kind of player. I don't love that in, in my midfield. Agreed. Speaking of shit scores in the midfield that I don't love, Bailey Smith. I bought him in two weeks ago and have been treated to an 84 and a 46 in that time. Don't that bring him in. Don't, don't, don't do what it. What do you do if you hold him? Do you trade him? Do you I, hold him? Uh, is is Lucky Hunter impacting him? I know that you don't have the answer, but Lucky Hunter has turned up in his last four games. Perhaps. Is, is that uh, relevant? Perhaps. <laughs> Your Honor? I... I don't know what the seller has been doing in the last, you know, the last couple of games. Um, I can't keep up with Trelaw it. out was supposed to mean Bailey Smith good. Yes, and it didn't because Bevo suddenly changed the seller that he did to fix the thing in game. He didn't bring in another midfielder, and the thing that worked for them, which was Bailey Smith going into the middle, got changed to Bailey Smith playing like high half forward slash on the wing, and then they put Caleb Daniel in there. Who had already been? I oh, Luke Beveridge makes my brain go owies. If you're uh, an Anthony Scott or a Lockie McNeil holder, still keep holding through this week at the very least, if they're named. And one to watch on the horizon, Garcia. I believe he has a he he had a concussion, didn't he? He got he knocked out like straight away in uh, round eleven. Just watching, he might get back into this team and might provide us a rookie player to yeah. look at. They've got huge wraps on him. You'd hope he gets back in, hopes he gets another shot. Um, one to look out for in the forward line, the one to look out for. Bailey Dale has become the new Caleb Daniel um, somehow, despite being tall and not as good at kicking. He's um, having Toby McLean's year of... Uh, Whatever that year, Toby McLean, McLean was good. Yes. So, obviously, we don't start him next year under any circumstance. Oh, no, good God, no. Being made. But the last no, few no, weeks, no. 152, 102, 96, has been playing that halfback role, taking most of the kickouts. Um, very up and down, he'll go, you know, 129 and then 61 and then 112 and 91. But I think, by and large, he's in that safe kind of 90 to low hundreds range. I think he's a pretty decent pick. In the forward line, that's otherwise completely garbage. You're paying over 500k for him, so he's not a bargain. But yeah, we don't love that here at the Jock Reynolds podcast. No, I I would not scold you for picking Bailey, Bailey Dale. Um, the, my, my only fear, like he's posting good scores, scores that I would expect a defender to score. But there is some a little bit of roller coaster ish. There's a, there's a chance that he averages 80 for the rest of the year. There Maybe is. that's good enough in the forward line, but 524K, ah, yeah. there's, a, there's some risk there. Yeah, um, and I think that's about it uh, for the forward line, assuming we're- You don't want to talk can... about Josh Shackey? No, I was going to talk about Josh Bruce, the goat, ah. um, but no, I don't think it's don't think it's needed. The hair does all the talking for me. Uh, Josh Shackey, I do not particularly want to talk about Josh Shackey. We're both very humorous. Oh, we are very funny, very funny indeed. Um, so let, 
let's talk about how performances from this week. So, um, uh, and relevant to people who came off the buy last week. So, obviously, number one person I want to talk to you about is Jai Newcomb. Yes. What, tell me about uh, him. Did lots of the tackle things. Um, scored lots of the points. He's only $102,000 he does. Like, scored 75. He's going to be given an extended run in that Hawthorne midfield because he applies something or he supplies something that they don't have, which is good footballers to that Hawthorne side. Um, bring him in if you don't have him. Yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about going early. As long as he's named, I'm happy to go early on a 102K player. Worst case scenario, he becomes a loop. He should play this week and he set the record for most tackles. So like the kid knows what, what he wants to do. Um, Aaron Hall. Patch. Oh, don't. he did it again. Oops, he did it again. He, he played with my heart. He scored oh, good again. Oh, I baby, am. baby. When will he bot his body break down? <laughs> will it be when you trade him? I well, it obviously wasn't this week because despite saying that he was in my team on the mailbag podcast. I reversed those trades and didn't bring in Aaron Hall and Josh Kelly, who scored 141 and 147 respectively. And, the footy gods know. They know. Um, so now 530K, gone up another 30K this week. I don't have anything to add. He's like, he's just sure he's now a trade target and. I should have bought him in last week and there's every chance I bring him in and he falls apart. Was getting tagged for a little bit of the, that game and then managed to break the tag. Um, like, I, yeah, I don't know what to say to you, Lake Dog. I don't, I don't know anymore. I was worried that uh, Robbie Tarrant might affect him uh, coming in and maybe stealing some kickouts and stuff. Maybe you could argue he affected Zeebel a little, who scored 90, 92 thereabouts. But yeah, Aaron Hall, I'm holding out because I believe that as soon as I trade him in, I'll break him in. So break him. So for community for you, I'm going to refrain from trading him in. He's also above 500K in the forward line. And as we know, I can't pay that much for a forward line player. I can pay less than that. $455,700 to be to be exact. Toby Green, I traded him in last week and he rewarded me with a 103 Supercoach point effort. Breakeven is 100, has the Blues this week historically, probably kicks 47 goals against us every time he plays. Yep, we'll probably do it again. I bought him in as well. Was kind of disappointed that it wasn't 142, but it was a good score. And I think for the rest of the season, he probably matches Aaron Hall I hope he matches Aaron Hall, or else I'm going to feel very bad about it. <laughs> I don't think he's matching Aaron Hall. I shut, Aaron Hall shut, up, shut, shut up, shut up, like dog. He's I'm happy match. with anything above an 85 from Toby Green, and I think he can provide us with that. Yes, I hope he can provide us with that, because if not, I'm going to be very disappointed. Players, someone even cheaper than him, uh, Jeremy Cameron scored 150 on the weekend. Is Should we be chasing points? Is it chasing points? 420K. Oh, boy, that's cheap for someone in 5% of teams who scored yeah. 150. Nah, averaging, he's he's going to score 90. 70 for the next three weeks, man. I mean, yeah, he scored 137 in round eight and then 59, 73, 74, then 151. Um, got the dogs this week. Won't score a lot, I don't think. 
I'd rather oh. scrape together an extra hundred grand to go Tom Hawkins, who I know is scoring less than Aaron Hall. But once again, if I pick Tom Hawkins, I don't think he breaks. If I pick Aaron Hall, he breaks. Yes, I. I it's. I feel it in my bones. I feel that in my bones. Uh, if we can swing into the back line, uh, just very briefly. Um, you, you don't like paying above five hundred k for a player, correct? Don't say. How about above four hundred k for a player? Don't say, man. Come on. I talked <laughs> about less, what a bad pick he was last week. Less than three hundred and fifty k for a Nick Haynes, oh. who scored a hundred and eighteen. I watched a fair chunk of that game. He was intercepting the football and collecting possessions and playing well. Mate, North Melbourne were just kicking it to him. It's he's not going to play them every week. He's Granted, playing he Carlton does. This week. I know, I know, he's I know. Carlton this week, and then Hawthorne, then Melbourne, then the Giants, then Sydney, then Essendon, who are known for nothing if not bombing it long to the like the hot spot where a descend defender takes an intercept mark, <sighs> and then plays Carlton again in round twenty three. Like, dog, like, this is an audio medium, but I'm making the finger guns at you, for everyone at home, like. Break even 32, projected score 63. Um, see, here's the thing. In, in Carlton circles, in all the podcasts, we talk about how every week in our on our bingo card is choose an, op- an average opposition player and make them a superstar for the day. And Nick Haynes fits that. Just so perfectly. <laughs> he, I mean, is Nick Haynes an average player? Like he was, he was all Australian last year, wasn't he? Like he's a last year was the player. anomaly to his career. He scored two no. in round six. I know he got injured, but he, he got he, he did get very injured. Um, very injured. Uh, look, if I needed the, the the other thing is people don't need defenders, but if your team is in a position where you can take a, a gamble on Nick Haynes and have him as a D seven. D six at three hundred thirty five k. I understand it. Yeah, I feel like he's he's a he's a get out of jail free card. He you know the year before last in twenty nineteen he averaged eighty seven point four. That's probably what he's going to be closer to on the run home this year. Eighty seven point four for someone priced at three hundred thirty five k. I class as an absolute win. I well, what about CJ? Would you take him? He's got 112 on the weekend. He's 374 grand, so he's a bit more expensive, but he's put together a much better year. Um, I would take him, yeah. I, I feel like I'd take Haynes more because he's harder to shut down as a player um, because, you know, you cut off CJ's run and, and you know, GS scoring kind of drops away. I feel like Haynes hopefully is in a bit more form and can, can get that intercept marking happening again. Um He's not in a bit more form because he only had one good game, but I feel like it's easier for Haynes to be more consistent. We need to shout out uh, Damo. Last week on the podcast said he would consider trading Grundy down to Ben McAvoy, swinging back Ben McAvoy into defense when Grundy was at a gettable price and bringing Grundy back in. And Ben McAvoy scored 116 on the weekend. He I don't know if he ended up making that trade, but... Great, great planning and and reasonably viable. Uh, I'm not saying trade him in there. No, I, I don't think we could ever endorse such folly. Um, Dan, would be very, Dan Houston turned up as well. He did. Would be very funny though. Uh, Tom Mitchell, 550k price range, scored 134 on the weekend, three round average 121. Someone we could definitely be looking at if you're in that price range. Um, I, I quite rate him 530k in the backline. Tom Stewart, 
solid, reliable, doesn't need a huge amount of talking about him. Is there anyone else who excites you, Lake Dog? Uh, another guy Damo talked about on the podcast last week, Ollie Wines, 144. Mm. He was returned with. His season just continues to get better and better as it goes on, although he is $570,000. Travis Boke, 523K, 108 on the weekend, averaging 109. That's very affordable. That's a very affordable 109 averaging player. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I think that might cover just about everything. There's very little rookies. So bring in Newcomb. Hope Reeves gets named. Bring him in and uh, cross your fingers and your toes. Community, you can get to 18 and maximize your week. Patch. Lake Dog. It's been wonderful talking to you again. It has been an absolute pleasure. Community, it's been a pleasure. You're the best. You're wonderful. Look after yourselves. Oops, he did it again. He He played with my heart. He scored good again. Oh, baby, baby. When will he bot his body break down? (laughs) Will it be when you trade him?